time in four years, Forge FC are Canadian Premier League champions, this time lifting the North Star Shield in the nation's capital after a 2-0 victory over Atletico Ottawa in front of an outstanding crowd, just under 15,000 at TD Place Stadium. No Christian Jack this week, but in his place, I'm Mitchell Tierney. That is Charlie O'Connor-Clark, and this is the CanPL.ca Newsroom Podcast. We're ahead on the show. We'll talk all things 2022 CPL Final including highlights and reaction from TV Play Stadium on Sunday. We'll also be joined by the man who called the final on one soccer, Mr. Adam Jenkins, to get his thoughts on another outstanding CPL finals weekend, uh, as well as the usual suspects, Alex Gonge-Huzik and Benedict Rhodes, who will both or were also both in attendance and will give us uh, their thoughts as well. A quick recap of the final Alessandro Hajab report. Again, opening the scoring in the 28th minute, this time the earliest goal in CBL final history. Well, David Schwanier, another usual suspect in these sort of matches, uh, put it to bed late on with a brilliant goal, brilliant ball roll. Um, Charlie, what an incredible final. What a weekend. And I guess your takeaways from Ottawa, um, another incre- incredible way to, to end the CPL season. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a you know fantastic showing from Ottawa, from you know, the people of Ottawa, the fans there. That I, I don't remember what the official number attendance was, but I think it was fourteen, just over fourteen thousand nine hundred, somewhere like that. Maybe. And you know, I I'll be. Ooh, unfortunately, not incredible. Some, it seems like it's you know, really, really fascinating moments. <laughs> unfortunately, not incredible so far is Charlie O'Connor Clark's Wi-Fi, which has been <laughs> having issues for us from from the start here. But uh, we'll we'll try and power on through um, for 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 the next little bit. As hopefully we can get this figured out. But um, yeah, uh, I think like we said, an incredible final and um, an incredible weekend in Ottawa from the awards. Uh, down on through everything um there, there we got the attendance there which is 14,992 so um yeah very very close to hitting that 15,000 mark and an incredible um incredible attendance and and showing from Ottawa and uh Forge coach Bobby Smirniotis um he was he was impressed as as were many people um with you know the attendance with the spectacle that Ottawa were able to put on um, let's get his thoughts on on the match in general, and you know, lifting another trophy um, on what has been an incredible run for for Forge FC. Joined here by three-time CPL champion Bobby Smirniotis. Bobby, how does this feel? Fantastic. Just look at what's going on behind this. You know, I think this is what we need for football culture. You know, take away the championship that we got here. This is football culture. It's a great night of football here. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Tell me about the performance itself. It seemed like you guys were right up for this game. It was a pretty pretty excellent performance from you guys. Excellent. I thought uh, very textbook by the guys. We knew we were facing a difficult opponent, an opponent that wasn't going to give us a lot of opportunities. Getting the first goal was massive. And there we are. Ali Hojab reporters done it to us uh, last year, and he's uh, spun it around at a header in the front uh, in the first post. You know, it's, uh, that's football. Uh, but great, David Schwanier, again, the man for the magical moments. These two just like they seem seem to keep stepping up in these moments, right? Bobby, when you you win a title like this, just who does your mind go to first? Uh, everyone, my staff, uh, my family, my family that uh, that puts up with all uh, of my hours trying to make sure that uh, that we get this right. You know, that's the first thing, and then all of these players. You know, it's uh, they don't go through an easy season uh, with all of us, uh, but this is what we do it for. We know all these little things make the big difference, and here we've done it again. Bobby, congratulations! Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
They've done it again, Charlie. Um, another incredible performance from from Forge. I guess just uh, your thoughts on on the final and um, what they were able to do so well this time. As as Bobby has said, it's been different in every single final, different opponent, different stadium. Um, but yeah, a brilliant performance from them again. Yeah, hopefully my internet lets me give my thoughts on this because I think this is one of the best performances that we've seen from Forge, certainly this year. Uh, they they were just from, from minute one, this seemed to go kind of to plan for them, right? I think you know, the, the best thing that could possibly happen for them and in many ways the worst thing that could possibly happen to Atletico Ottawa was uh, Forge scoring in the first half, right? Because from there, like that, that's entirely in Forge's hands. They need Ottawa to kind of come out of their shell a little bit and open up and play. And then it was, you know, it, it was kind of a matter of time until Forge got another chance to score a second goal and put the game to bed as they did. But just the, the performance from kind of all 11 Forge players, the ones that came off the bench, uh, they're a team that just throughout this season and, and throughout the four years of this club's existence have shown that they'll go through rough patches at times and seasons, but they, they have another gear, right? And when they find that gear, as they often do in finals in the big games, when it really, really does matter, I, I don't think that there's a team in a CPL that can top that, right? And we saw that kind of championship caliber forge come out in this final game because just the passes were sharp. It was crisp. They were winning the balls they needed to. They were very patient with the ball. They kind of had a, a clear, detailed game plan going in. They knew exactly what Ottawa wanted to do, uh, and they were patient enough to kind of wait that out. They just pushed forward. They got a lot of set-piece opportunities, which was important and obviously made a difference with the goal they scored. Uh, and just kind of across the board, this was sort of a masterclass in how to win a final against a specific opponent, which is something that you know, Bob Mernios and his staff have worked very hard at over the years. So, you know, to the way that they approach this game, it's a plan almost flawlessly. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree with all of that. And an incredible, like you said, just a, an incredible masterclass in a way to win a final in a single game and uh, just all the approach and, and work they were put into. And I think an underrated aspect of this game going in is the fact that they actually had the time and, and resources to fully prepare for this final. They weren't going midweek to Motagua the way they were uh, last time this fixture came up against Pacific. And um, that, you know, that was big where they were able to fully focus on this game and this was their top priority. And they, you know, clearly all of that work and that game plan um, you know, came off in, in this match. Um, you know, we just heard from one brilliant man with a beard. Let's uh, let's talk to another one here and bring on our own Benedict Rhodes, who is also in attendance uh, for this match at TD Place Stadium. Um, Benny, let's uh, let's roll the highlights here, if you wouldn't mind, and just uh, get your thoughts on you know this masterclass we said from Forge FC. Yeah, I wouldn't put myself in the same category as Bobby Smirny Otis, but. Uh... <laughs> His I did, team... so you're good. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm going I'm to run with that. Um, his team put a very good performance in this game. You're watching here on, on YouTube, you know, Alessandro Jabrapour scoring the goal. You couldn't have scripted it much better, I don't think, than, than him and, and David Schwanier scoring in a final. Uh, I think, you know, to have a young Canadian score the winning goal as well is always a nice touch in, in our league like this. And, and you know, from, from start to finish, you know, Forge looked ready. They looked switched on. And, and you know, throughout this game, they, you know, proved that they, they have been the best team arguably this season and and capped it off with a, the third North Star Shield. Yeah, they certainly they certainly did. And um like you said, you know, just just 
all around. Um, so many great moments. Uh, if you're watching on, on YouTube, they almost, uh, or no, this is actually the Schwanier goal. Brilliant goal. I mean, this is the, this is a player who consistently has stepped up for them. I think we'll talk to, to Alex Gongeruzic a little bit later about uh, maybe the nuances of his game, but this is his ninth goal and 32 knockout matches for Forge. Um, just an incredible performance from Schwanier from Hajab Report, as he said. You know, the guys who you would expect to step up from Forge um, certainly did in this match. And, you know, it, it takes a special player to score in a final, and these guys have, have shown it consistently. Yeah, and that, that, that sort of ball roll to, to go around Camus, I think it was, was was impressive. Like, I know in the press box, we were, we were pretty impressed with that. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's a moment of quality from, from a high-quality player who he said 32 knockout matches to even have played in that many knockout matches through four years is impressive. Fair Let alone point. scored nine goals in them. So, uh, yeah, he steps up again and again. And, and you know, if you're Forge FC, you're doing everything to, to keep him around because, you know, he always produces in these big games. Charlie, you got uh, you got anything for Benny here? Or? I I'm trying to uh, trying to you know take it easy on jumping in out of nowhere just in case the internet doesn't work. But uh, yeah, Benny, just again on Forge and kind of the way that they uh, they approach this game. What maybe impressed you most about you know the, the way that they sort of came out from minute one and minute one of the second half and just really seemed to be kind of, kind of up for the event, so to speak, in in a way that maybe Ottawa weren't. Yeah, I think we, we we heard in the press conference in, on media day on the Saturday from uh, I think I think it was Max Tiso said they they want to prepare for the the match not the occasion, and I think that's that's what Forge did, and I think maybe Atletico Ottawa maybe at times did seem a little lost in the occasion. They seemed you know fifteen thousand fans almost in, in the stadium, and and maybe they started a little slower than they would have liked. And, but Forge, you know, big game experience straight away. They were they were on the ball. They were immediately running at defenders, and and you know I think. That's just a matter of experience, and I think Atletico Ottawa, should they reach the playoffs or a final again next season, will have learned from that. Um, I think that's all. That's all it was down to you know. I think just you know having been there and done it before. Yeah, been there, done it before, and um, they also have been in plenty of celebrations before, and certainly uh, they they were up to that again uh, after this match. Let's uh, get a behind the scenes look at uh, their locker room celebrations after winning the third North Star Shield.
Just awesome scenes uh, there. Charlie, have you uh, dried out at all after uh, being in that locker room yet? Yeah, I did. I actually fared okay, to be honest. I didn't get nearly as soaked as Christian or, or some of our other, our videographers, Rob and Kenny. They got it pretty bad. I, uh, I ended up okay. Um, but it, it was uh, quite the damp atmosphere, I think, in there. There's a lot going on. The, uh, the plastic sheets over the lockers did fall down a lot of times, so hopefully everything's okay. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> You win a championship. That's the kind of the kind of energy and, and jubilation that you want to see, right? Yeah, certainly is. And you know, something about these forged sides is it's been a different group almost every time. Um, you know, obviously they they have those core players, those key guys like your Alex Ashton Janssens, um, your Kyle Beckers, obviously who wasn't available for this final, but uh, you know did a lot of work in getting them there as he always does does. Um, Tristan Borges is is another example of of one of those key players who's been around for a long time. But this group also had a lot of new faces, uh, Benny. They, you know, you want to look at an Ashton Morgan, a, a Taryn Campbell, um, you know, Rezart Rama. Uh, what was it about some of these new guys and, and what they brought to to this forge side? And obviously, you know, Hajab Rapport may be uh, top of mind as, as the guy who scored. Yeah, I think one thing you know with this Forge team is because they're so consistent and they bring in they, they bring back so many guys every single season. You know, the ones they're bringing in are going to be difference makers. They're going to be players who you need to you know work their way into the team or or, or are going to be improvements over people who are already at the team. So, I think you saw that with a guy like Soko, for example. He he came in. They played him at right back for for a little while during Concacaf, and and then they realized you know he's he's not really right back, but they have a whole midfield they need to fill, and and he filled it perfectly all season long and. And and so sort of stories like that, you know, Ashton Morgan, another one, they they, lo- they lose Kwame Awua and they need to bring in a left back. So why not go out and get a, an experienced Canada international with, you know, 150 games of professional experience or whatever it is. Why so, not? <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, you know Forge are going to recruit well and, and they did that, exactly that this year. And I think they, they nailed pretty much every single one of their recruitments. Yeah, I think that uh, they certainly did, and um, that's you know a big a big thing in in how Forge builds their team is they've been able to you know do their due diligence and bring in the right sort of players that that fit in very well for their system. Um, let's you know hear from one of them who had a brilliant final once again, that being Abubakar Sissoko. I'm joined by Abu Sissoko. What a special moment this is for you. You're in the 2020 final. You got released by Forge earlier than that. You're back, and now you're forever a champion. How does this feel? Yeah, honestly, honestly, I'm very happy, and I'm thankful uh, for my uh, teammates because, uh, you know, they helped me this year. When I came here, the coach put me as a right back and, at the first, and they gave me some advice to be uh, to improve myself. And honestly, it's because of, like, co- all the coaching staff, all the players. We, we did it together. We did it together. I'm happy. You just used the word together. You were together as a team. You were immense tonight. But how did it feel celebrating with the fans in the corner with these teammates? Of course, of course. We are, we are happy because, you know, they did the, the, the long travel to come here to support us. So, so we have to give them like a, we have to give them a good performance. So we did it today. And then I'm thankful for them because uh, they showed up. And then uh, this is for them. Huh? Forever a champion. That feels good, no? Yes, yes, yes. You know, we're going to get we're to enjoy it. And then uh, let's back to work uh, for next year. Appreciate this. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, credit to uh, One Soccer and our own Christian Jack there for, um, you know, obviously all the work they did during that final covering it and for for that interview as well. Um, plenty of plenty of incredible um, conversations certainly were had with these Forge players uh, on the field after the match. And, you know, that's another part of the Forge way is, you know, they never get too high in these moments, obviously, as we saw. They certainly celebrated this one um, 
to a high level. But Charlie, this is a this is a team that you know throughout the season in these big moments, um, you know they they just know how to handle them now, and they they're always looking for that next one. And and you know that's that's why any group becomes a dynasty is not because of one victory, but because they can t- continue to recycle and um, continue to to have success. Yeah, no, that's absolutely the case. They're a club that wants to play knockout football. They want to play big games, and they know on on a level that the only way you get big games is by winning a lot of other, a lot of more normal and, and regular season games. But uh, these are kind of the games that they live for because they've tasted them so much. And I think it's a feeling that really you can't get enough of when you're a soccer player at that sort of level. Uh, but then when they show up at a final like this, you can just tell how ready they are for it. How, especially the players that have been there for so many of these how much they embrace kind of these sorts of experiences. And they know that, you know, it sounds kind of crazy to say, and Bobby Smirniota says this a few times, but you, these things don't necessarily always come along that often. You don't usually get to play in in four straight finals. You don't usually get to play 30 plus knockout games over four years. And so I think there's, there's a level where they know that when they get to these stages, they have to make the most of them because they've seen what can happen when you don't, they've seen what happens when it doesn't go your way and they, probably hate that feeling almost as much as they enjoyed winning them. So I think when, when you have all those experiences to build on, then you know, you, you know, you know how to navigate them a little bit better. And I think honestly losing this final might help Atletico Ottawa in that sense, because they're not going anywhere. They'll still be, still be a great team next year, most likely. And, you know, now that they've seen how to lose a final, they may well, may well be better prepared to win one. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, it was something that, you know, Forge talked about before the game as well was sometimes those losses you learn just as much obviously as the wins and in terms of you know what you have to do differently and um we'll we'll jump to Ottawa for one second here because this was a match of details they said this was a match where um you know they thought Forge they thought by and large they played Forge very well but it was in those key moments in those key details that Forge was able to do a better job um Benedict do you agree with that assessment is that a you know a big reason why um, you know, Forge was obviously lifting the, the North Star Shield after this match and, and not Atletico Ottawa. Yeah, I think so. I think I think you said in, in your preview, you know, finals are won and lost on moments of quality. And, and you know, I think you look at the, the first goal, for example, it was, it was a free kick that they, they wish they had gotten back, I think, and maybe shouldn't have given away and, and Forge capitalized on it. And, and on the second goal as well, it took a moment of, of skill from Schwanier to that sort of dance around Camus, which, which uh, created that goal. And uh, it was another one where it was, it was just a moment of quality, put them over the edge. And and, and uh, so the first one was kind of Ottawa losing the moment, and, and the second one was sort of Forge winning it. And and those two moments ended up deciding the match and, and deciding the final. Yeah, let's hear from uh, another key player um, from the, obviously this Forge side, Alex Ashton Janssen. Um, defender of the year. He still is trying to maintain he's a midfielder, but it's getting um tougher and tougher for him to do that as as time goes on and uh, as he delivered another incredible performance in the final here's uh christian jack uh his conversation with him on one soccer i'm with alex ashnoda Janssen seconds after the final whistle i appreciate you coming over i know your teammates are still celebrating four finals in four years you've won again how does this feel uh it's amazing it's amazing what we've been able to do as a team and we went into this game with a lot of experience i think it showed today uh Felt like we had control of the game. It's just, just an amazing team. I wanted to leave you there. You just had a moment to yourself on the field as you just crouched down. Tell me what you were thinking. Uh, well, kind of what I just said. It's been a long year, and 
what we've accomplished with the ups and downs. It's been so much hard work, and this is a culmination of it, and it's, it's what we do it all for, right? And uh, it's trying to take in the moment, you know? Third time, it doesn't matter. It feels unreal every time. It should feel unreal, and it should not be taken for granted. No, this is a pretty special moment in sports when you continue to win these things. They don't come easy. Oh, definitely. I think uh, I think a lot of the guys in, in our team have been spoiled with uh, not that long careers. I played played five years before I came over here. I played one cup final when I was 18, and then I just played qualification game for going down, never up. So it's it's special for sure, and you gotta got to take in every moment of it, and that's kind of what we've been talking about before the games with having the experience. Just take it in, just play as we always do. We know we're good, good players and see what happens when we play as we do. Congratulations, you're immense again tonight. You're another champion, Alex. Thank you, appreciate that. Yeah, uh, immense again, as Christian said uh, aptly there. Um, another big final performance from from him and obviously shutting down um, Atletico Ottawa in those dangerous transitional moments um, that we knew they were certainly going to present in this match and um, Forge did a great job overall of of cutting that out. Uh, Benny, you've done a great job for us as always, um, not just today, but throughout this season and, and producing the show is always behind the scenes while being on the show. It's, it's incredible. I have no idea how you do it, but we appreciate you pulling it off. And uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us again. Thanks guys. And we'll sub out uh, Benedict Rhodes and bring on our, our special guest this week, the man who was in the commentary box for this match. Uh, Adam Jenkins, how you doing my friend? Good gentlemen. Talk about a downgrade, eh? From Benedict Rhodes to this guy. I'm I'm so sorry to have to do that to Benedict, but yeah, what a what a gem he's been. What a gem you guys have been up to, by the way. Just I don't think I saw you without a laptop within 50 feet all season long. You guys did some incredible work hammering out the content. So tip of the cap to you. For me, very grateful, very tired, <laughs> trying to you know, relax a little bit and just take in what was a wild, wild weekend. Yeah, certainly a, a wild weekend. And I guess uh, you, just your overall thoughts on the, the conclusion to the weekend, the big final, and, um, you know, another another match where Forge lifts the North Star Shield and another different opponent that they were able to beat. Yeah, I, I think there's two camps to it. I said to everybody who asked me for a prediction, we were going to win as the league, as the broadcaster, regardless with the two stories that we had. Uh, if I have any regrets, it's that there wasn't at least a goal. Like there was the one chance towards the end of the second half where Henry sort of had to really paw down the effort, but he didn't have to move that much. But I think the the dynasty that we ended up seeing and the way it went down with such a thorough, dominant performance proved a lot of people wrong. I know I was one of them that for the last five or six weeks of the season, I really thought that Forge just weren't themselves. And I wonder if they were just in a lull when there really wasn't anything to play for. Bobby mentioned... To, to me afterwards when I was speaking to him that you think about when the team stopped last year in, in December and how they might have had 20 days at most, maybe two weeks if we're being realistic, between the end of the season and then getting ready for, what was that? Oh, yeah, Cruz Azul. And at some point they were going to flatline a little bit. And I don't know, the professional athletes, you'd have to ask them. I don't know if they'd be honest with you, even if it was the case. It's tough to keep getting up for games when everybody just needs a break. But... When it mattered the most, they came in and they just showed how dominant they were. Um, I, I don't want to repeat stories too much on what you guys may have touched on earlier, but I was so, so impressed with Noah Jensen and that midfield to lose your biggest player and for Noah to step in. 
I may or may not have asked some of the coaching staff if they thought that Noah was truly ready for the moment of a final. And, and they weren't sure right up to the game because there were so many options. Is Are we ready to take that risk and roll roll those dice or do they want to try and pivot in other ways? And <laughs> Noah proved he was ready. And I mean, I could have probably played in Noah's spot and I don't know that the midfield would have looked all that different. They're just the systems they have, their ability to perform when it matters most they truly showed that they are a championship club and organization top to bottom. Yeah, Noah Jensen, who I think earlier this year made his professional debut at the Azteca. <laughs> was. And now, it, now it's starting in a, starting in a CPL final and, and winning that CPL final. Um, but he's just, we, we kind of touched on it earlier, Mitch and Benedict did, but the way that players are able to come into this Forge team that maybe haven't been there since day one and they in some ways start to feel like they have been, like, Resort Rama came into this side midway through this season, uh, and he just feels like kind of part of the furniture there now at right back. Um, Adam, you've been, you've been watching this Forge organization for pretty much all four years, just, and you, you used the word dynasty earlier. What is it about this club that kind of makes this, this sort of story and this run that they've had over these years so special? Yeah, I think for me it's just you don't, get to play for Forge. Like, and that goes all the way back to recruitment and, and how they construct and build the team. If they don't believe there is just a smart football foundation there. And like, I think about the, the players that they've brought in over the years, and not just this year. Can you guys think of like a big miss? Like Jordan Hamilton, I don't even think was a miss. He just, Wubin's passes took over the spot from him and that was going to be Wubens. And that was a kid that no one had heard of at a Quebec just a, just a couple of years ago. And now you, when you do the big picture, zoom out, who do you think is going to, is potentially going to move on? And the club has also done well in not pushing people until they're ready for that as well. Um, and, and maintaining who Forge are. I just think the recruitment from Bobby and Costa, and I mean, you look at the amount of people behind the scenes who were just brilliant football people that when you, when you wear Forge colors for the first time, whether that's at the Azteca, whether that's Halifax, whether that's, whether that's Winnipeg, they don't care. They, they have a certain expectation for everyone that's brought into this team. And if you're not good enough, you're taken off the pitch. And it goes to show that when Kyle Becker is, is away, and I, I want to add, by the way, there may or may not have been some, some beers thrown from the Forge suite, a couple of gold couple of rooms down i watched the as i was putting together the the behind the scenes um, commentary boot camp i noticed these projectiles coincidentally from their general direction um when they scored goals but i i mean i bring that up just to say how tight-knit these guys are and obviously it was agonizing for kyle not to be there but i don't think noah performs as well as he does if he doesn't have one of if not the face of the cpl helping to tutor him from this good ncaa player good youth player to to being a CPL champion. I just, I think it, it is truly in their championship DNA. And one more note, I'll throw on that to forge. I remember when we got to go to training and, and get around for the second leg in the semifinals, that was the first time I'd seen clubs all season long. And I found it shocking how the, the difference between the two teams was night and day in terms of body language and emotion. Like forge looked like they were playing for their lives with, everyone how they acted training was crazy intense players were not really willing to let their their competitive level and intensity drop for a moment and then you saw cavalry come in and i know it's just different teams 
but the energy was a lot more loose and carefree and not that they didn't take it as seriously. They weren't as mentally and physically prepared because I don't think that's true, but I just think it speaks to the way forge as a club exists. And that is until that North star shield is in their hand, they don't let themselves drop for a moment from April or January in this case and, until the very end. Yeah. Just an incredible um, level of consistency that they've been able to keep you know, not just this season, but dating back to literally the first match in the, the Canadian Premier League's history. So, um, yeah, like you said, a lot to love on the Forge side of things. On the Ottawa side of things, I think it's a great point. You know, it would have been so nice to see an Ottawa goal just because any time they got in that area, there was that blue tabla uh, tackle just outside the box where mm. the stadium was absolutely roaring, and you thought maybe they'd have their, their moment of magic from that. But uh, they weren't able to um, obviously get to the big goal in the end. What what went wrong for Ottawa? Do you think in this match where um, you yeah. know they weren't able to execute the game plan they've done so well all season? That's a great question, and I've been thinking about it since the end. And I I almost just wonder if it, it shows the goal. I don't know that anybody was going to beat Forge on that night with how well prepared they were. Um, you're right about the crowd, by the way. First of all, shout out to Ottawa Gatineau, the, the 14.992 or whatever it was. And it's not just, you got that mix of the, the supporters who was there because it was an event and they were excited. But when you mentioned them getting up on their feet for tackles, you're learning how smart they've gotten as a community, as, as a fan base so quickly that they knew how they could try and impact and affect the game. In terms of on the pitch, it, it's I just think they got beat and... Forge had all the time to prepare. I mean, when we, when we were in the match day minus ones and we were asking some of the players about 4-0, for example, they would say, I think we didn't bring our best and they picked us apart so quickly. Nil-nil um, was fine. Everyone was quick to point out maybe it shouldn't have been nil-nil. That's, that's totally fair play. Um, I, I just think with the amount of resources and talent Forge had the time to, to prepare for the opponent, I think... They would have been ready for anyone. They, they could have said, by the way, you're going to Costa Rica. You've been reintroduced to CONCACAF League and play the final. They might have won that game. Like they're, the, the way they prepare for things are so good. On Ottawa, I think when it got intense and down to the finish line, um, there were some players that maybe panic's not the right word, but I think when they saw the hole, if, if they weren't so concerned about maybe putting on the best show or, or trying to do too much, um, it would have been able to stay loose, but there was just individuals that started playing a little bit too much like an individual and, and trying to do too much against a well-oiled forged machine. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Like before the game, I thought it was a toss-up, but then to to see Forge do it again, I think they maybe they play a second game, a two-leg, and they still don't touch Forge with the way that they were dialed in. And um, it's disappointing because it, it doesn't, to me, diminish the atmosphere and what the event was. I think it just shows where Forge were. And I think Drew told me that and so many other players afterwards. And they weren't even that resigned, to be honest. They were devastated to have not won the final. Don't get me wrong. But there was this, this feeling of acceptance that we have accomplished so much and this will sting. But they didn't look like a team that just lost the final. Like you would expect resignment and... and almost sadness, if it were. They weren't that. And I think as soon as full-time went and they understand, they understood the result, I think they were able to detach pretty quickly. And, and think about how they have still so much to celebrate and how they're still the regular season champions. They could still have those images of their supporters, their community. And I don't think they will be long to be back into a final. I'm, ex I'm very excited now when I think about their offseason, how 
Carlos Gonzalez wants to take that team to a different level and they get a couple of different pieces in, we may never see them park it again. They've just, they, they've created that defensive stability. And I mean, they bring in a couple of splashy signings this off season and, and improve the collective. As soon as that offensive game becomes consistently terrifying, Ottawa is going to, is going to be around for a while. I think I really do. Yeah. I, and I think you're right about those, those emotions in the Ottawa camp. Cause again, as you said, they do have so much to celebrate from this season, obviously. Know, being last place the year before, winning a regular season this year, and just being night and day a, a completely different, different group, different organization. Not not a different group of players entirely, but certainly a different looking one in many respects. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think they definitely knew after that game that the better team had won on the day, right? And I think there's there's a, there's kind of two ways to win a final. There's one where you feel like you should have won, and one where the whistle blows and you just kind of collapse, and you know that. You know, you got beaten, and they they did. And I think every player in that locker room would probably feel that way. But I said it earlier in the show, like, the nightmare scenario for them was conceding in the first half. Right From a set piece like that, you know, they gave up so many corners and and free kicks around the box, and that that first kind of half hour just felt, in many ways, like only a matter of time because you can't – Diego Espeo can't get on the end of every corner delivery yeah. right and it felt like it was going to happen or malcolm but, shot <laughs> or malcolm shot apparently i mean and to, they, to their credit they got on the end of a lot of them and they did they have done that all year but i don't know adam when they go into halftime at one nil down did you see kind of a way back into this for ottawa did you want to see them maybe change things up a little more i, I think so i and i don't know like i'm obviously not carlos gonzalez there's a reason i don't have an owl back there uh, i'm definitely not <laughs> but I think for me, the only way I saw a true clear path back is if they were somehow able to came out. Like they didn't want a half time. They really didn't. Like that was a disaster for them in the timing because that was the best football they had played all game in my opinion for like that last five or six minutes into the two minutes. I think of that at a time it was, they were relentless and it, it almost felt like that was their push trying to get back into the game. Now they were playing like it was the 90th minute. So, I mean, and, and also, in a weird way, I don't know that I've ever seen Forge start a half as quickly as they did in that second half. Like, without Nate, it's 2-0 immediately, and then it was game over for sure. But, like, Forge just started that second half like they were playing, like they were the team down. It, it was almost shocking. We usually expect, especially when an Ottawa team is playing, Jimmy and I can do a little bit of storytelling. We can ease our way back into the second half. Usually I get to go through my script. For those interested in watching the broadcast on Francais Audio Track, didn't even get there because Forge was like – bang out as soon as the whistle blew and um i just truly i didn't think it was game over for them until i saw the way they started that second half and i've learned um if the cpl final taught us anything last week it's that two nil is not a safe lead when forge is playing sometimes and and if they got a goal you never knew but it just felt like a cinderella story and it was disappointing because they they finished so well and i was encouraged by that and then the sort of emotions dip Carlos will obviously go in. The leaders in the room will go in and speak. And there are a lot of leaders on that team. And I don't know. I just I don't think whatever game plan that they could have tried to adjust to in that second half of the Wage Forge play, Way Forge played, I, I didn't see a way back. Even after Nate made that save, I'm thinking maybe that's a spark. Maybe that's everybody comes in from the double stop, but it wasn't to be. I think that's a really good point about the way that um, Ottawa played just before the second half and the fact that they were able, like Forge was able to adjust at halftime in a way mm. that they probably wouldn't have been quite able to 
um, if they didn't get to that halftime interval. I mean, you've got Schwanier and uh, Rama, who are both on yellow cards there, and it seemed like yeah. Ottawa was really targeting that side, but then the second half, they kind of shift Hijab Rapport over there to cover a little more, and all of a sudden, you can't uh, get the same joy they were. So, yeah, I mean, a goal before halftime really did seem like the only way they were going to get back into this, and obviously, um, they weren't able to do that, as, as we saw, but... Adam, one more before you go, and this is putting you on the spot a little bit, but a okay. favorite memory <laughs> or moment from the 2022 Canadian Premier League season. This is why you give your guests the questions before they sit down. Uh, next, <laughs> because now I'm like, if I have no, 15, cheating. 20 minutes, that's true. You are very good at putting me people on the spot. So this is what I'm vamping, by the way. If you can't tell, I'm stalling to try and think of an answer. There truly were so many, but I mean... I'm going to give you the layup answer and I'm going to blame you for not giving me more time. I think it was just being, obviously being at the last two games. I mean, we don't need to go into the differences between calling the games off two versus being in the stadium. But I just, I think there was one point during O Canada where I kind of stole a glance at Jimmy and like Jimmy, Jimmy's a very serious man. We all know this and he keeps his emotions very much in check, but he, he kind of like let in a, oh my god face and reaction to the pyro after o canada and and the way they did such a great job with the the pre-match presentations and seeing just side to side the brilliant weather filled with fifteen thousand people and um, i don't know if you guys have been able to touch on it but I, I think it's worth it for players for people in the audience now and later who didn't know they capped it at fifteen thousand. um they're they're not allowed to sit more people above where the supporters stopped on the other side of the pitch with stuff with pd place and where the 67s play underneath them they could have had more than the 15,000 they capped it. So it just felt like um, being a, a proud piece of the league in whatever small capacity I play, that was a we've made it and this isn't done growing kind of moment. So that just just experiencing that and seeing like a former Canadian international who's played in the Premier League and played all over kind of like he almost got the pregame goosebumps, I think. And it's tough to, to crack Jimmy Brennan a little bit, but I thought, huh, okay, yeah, and just sort of, lifted my my headset off to hear to feel and i don't know you, you can't really describe what that that atmosphere felt like especially from our position knowing that they were going to play their part and we weren't going to have to work that hard to sell stories because the, it was going to be right in front of us for an hour two hours maybe i'm tired clearly i haven't recovered <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good answer for someone who just got put on the spot i, I appreciate that and appreciate uh, everything you did for for the league this season and calling the games and um, yeah, some, some fantastic moments, as you said, throughout the year. And it was, uh, you know, made all the more by um, some of the fantastic calls you had this year. So thanks as always, Adam. Oh, my pleasure, gentlemen. Again, you guys deserve it too. Uh, I know you are ones to tap yourselves on the back, not in front of cameras, um, but just as a general rule. But you deserve it. I hope you guys are as proud as uh, I am of you and, and KJ and Benedict and everyone AGR. You guys rule. Um, we're, we're Team CPL. We don't get to lose the finals, so that's a win for us, right? And uh, – we appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Adam. Thanks, and yeah, Adam. Charlie and I spent this entire weekend just going around, just telling everybody how great we were. So Adam, <laughs> Adam just left. I, I was mostly telling them how great, uh, how great Benedict and Mitchell were. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. Uh, no, well, that's a that's a tough transition into our final team member we're going to bring on this week, which is Alex Gongay-Ruzek, who apparently Charlie was not bigging up this weekend, but... Um, everybody knows. Everybody knows that. Yeah, there you go. Fair enough. Yeah, I will. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure the past couple of games. I've got to sit next to AGR in the press box, and um, we've gotten to just, you know, cover these games and, and chat about them as they've been happening, and that's been, uh, that's been so awesome, because I think we're, you know, um, 
we both see the game in, in very similar ways and um, love the, you know, little fine details that go into a final like this and, and go into two sides who are as tactically prepared for this as um, Forge and Atletico Ottawa certainly were. Um, Alex, let's let's get your initial thoughts on, on the match and what's uh, maybe a couple of days afterwards now standing out to you uh, about the, the way things played out on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was obviously quite the match looking... Uh, Looking back, and it's funny you mentioned the uh, the chance to watch the games together. It's a great point because uh, usually I'm just there muttering things like the overload, the overload, like what's going on there. And it's nice to 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 put those sorts of thoughts out there and then have some have a bit of you know response, a bit of feedback. I'm not looked at like I've, I've got two heads, but yeah, I mean it was a very complex game as we expected. We expected a bit of a battle. We expected a bit of a a chess match, and in the end. I mean, right now, Bobby Smirnotis is a bit of the grandmaster of the CPL, if you're looking at uh, his trophy cabinet now. Uh, and, and, and that's just the way it went. I mean, for them to go on the road as they did forge and to control the game, to control possession, they really, as they have all playoffs, they, they came with a clear plan this time after, you know, the other week against Calvary, whereas the right side this time, they decided to go heavy on the left side. Uh, but funnily enough, their goal does come from the right side on a set piece, which again, set pieces are always well-coached moments. They're moments of uh, individual brilliance. And then you go into the second half where uh, they just continued to push. They continued uh, to press. It was, it was great just to see how you know dominant Forge was in possession, which for a final for on the road, it wasn't uh, it is very surprising. But I also think Ottawa had their moments. It was maybe a bit unfortunate with how some of the goals uh, you know, the timing of the goals, really, maybe not the goals themselves, but just the timing. It felt like right when they're finding their legs each time they got scored on. But that's a final and uh, Forge did well to capitalize on those moments. They certainly did. You know, Alex, you talked about there kind of how you, you and Mitchell were up in the press box talking about the game, kind of picking up on things. I wasn't up there with you. So what kind of things were you guys noticing? Like what kind of matchups were sort of making this game for you guys? What things specifically was kind of did Bobby get right in this game? Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting to see that. I think the left side part was the one that was most interesting. So against Cavalry, David Norman Jr., not a natural left back. It was Schwanier, it was Rama. It was just like three out of four attacks were going down that side, if not more. It was just go after, go after, and then Smirnotis admitted after. That was the plan. Well, this time it was interesting because after playing a little more reserved, it was Ashton Morgan who was flying up the pitch. He was almost like a left winger. Then interestingly, Rama, who's so good going forward, was playing as like a right center back. So Forge, almost to counter Ottawa's 4-4-2, decided to throw that extra body in attack and then went for for like, it was almost like a 3-4-3. A and then Schwanier was playing as a, a wing back on the right side. So he wasn't as involved directly as he was in the other uh, against Calvary. But then it was interesting because Ottawa just finally at halftime probably looked at that shift and realized, okay, let's try to, to you know, overload that that right side to make up for it. And then Forge just threw, you know, a, new, a whole new wrinkle. They started running everything through Schwanier on that, that right side again, and he ends up scoring the goal. So I kind of found it interesting how Bobby... Uh, you know, Smear noticed that to well to kind of stagger the field side to side and really keep Ottawa uh, particular in certain matchups. I think at the beginning it was with the right. They had that sort of Hayworth and um, a cost exchange where they kind of overlap. And I think Bobby Smear was trying to catch them in between those moments. And, and you know, when they're a bit, a bit unsure of their position and then the second half where they sort of shifted to, to try and counter that, then Bobby Smear went back to that favored right side, which is uh, so strong. Yeah, it was also... Um, one of the things we picked up as well is just how interesting was the positioning of Rama defensively and how they had him, especially in that first half, kind of, 
you know, shadow Baloo Tabla and make sure, you know, if this guy gets the ball, he doesn't have time to turn and, and attack with speed. And he did such an incredible job of that, especially, you know, when he picks up a somewhat silly yellow card incredibly early in the match. Like Rama is such a good player at picking up that, you know, dumb yellow card early on in the match and then somehow being able to toe the line long enough to not Again. yeah not not get another one like it's actually it's actually wild um while he's able to do that because it is so so difficult um and especially you know when the other team knows you're on the card and when you're in a defensive position like that as well where um you have to go up against these guys like tabla knowing that you don't have a, another major foul to give he had some moments you know especially in that second half where he was able to cut out some some counterattacks in in spectacular fashion where on a yellow card that's all the more impressive um but let's yeah let's dive into um alex you had a really good story over at one soccer about kind of the the heroes of this match and um the big players who who stepped up and let's let's talk through the goals here because we got some uh, cool angles here that uh, were taken by our video team um starting with hijab rapport um your thoughts on this goal yeah, I mean, it was just a, a great bit of, of timing, really, from Hajabapur. I mean, obviously, he's a, a big body, someone that can be a threat in the box, as Forge knew last year, maybe from the opposite side of things. So it was very well worked from, from Forge. I mean, those sorts of free kicks, they're dangerous, but you'd be surprised the amount of times that teams, you know, just send it over a bar with a poor shot or maybe don't get that good ball. So I think it was just a great bit of awareness from both parties there. I mean, Tristan Board just to step up and have the the wherewithal, the, the the awareness not to just spank it or try to go for a goal and just kind of dink it. And then for Hajabapur to, to just find that side of sort of soft spot, that, that spot that's so hard to find. I think it was interesting on the replays. You can see how he kind of shaded off a marker as well to give himself that space. And then from there with his size, his heading ability, he's, uh, he's always going to score that. And it was a well-executed uh, moment there from Forge. Yeah, certainly was. And uh, speaking of well executed, let's take a look at the second goal, the goal that put it away. And David Schwanier again in a big moment, um, stepping up. Yeah, these are kind of one of my favorite kinds of goals. Just the ball roll, I think it's the most underrated skill in the game, arguably. Just it's so simple, but it's so efficient. And, you know, he's had a few moments there down the right side, but uh, Ottawa had done well to counter. But there, uh, he maybe he used a bit of what he, he had the week before when he scored from a similar position. He lined up the shot and then, you know, he, he manages to ball roll the way out of it and, and open up that space. And I think that's the sort of details that, that distinguish attackers, uh, you know, from from you know good attackers from from you know average attackers or great attackers from good attackers it's able to to get those those moments of space of knowing where you are on the field and there he does such a great job of knowing that okay maybe they're going to overcommit to his right foot and then just opening up that little more space we can finally unleash the shot and uh, Nathan Ingham got hands on it usually given how good he is this year he saves most of them but the fact that it just kind of powered through him uh, shows how well Schwanier was able to strike that once uh, given that opportunity yeah, that that goal continues to just be be crazy to me. Every I, I when I first saw it live, I couldn't quite see that because I was standing sort of between the between the benches, so I couldn't quite see that little bit. I wasn't even sure who'd scored for a second, but uh, then some. Then I, I found out it's Schwanier, and I was like, oh yeah, really again? <laughs> but I, I mean, we're gonna. I think we're gonna like we we're gonna talk about it here. But AGR, you've seen David Schwanier play in so many of these big games. You've seen him play in in not so big games. What is it about a player that they can? They just always seem to be, you know, the guy who the ball falls to, the guy who ends up making the difference in these sorts of games. 
Yeah, and it, it's impressive because I mean, yeah, the, he's up to nine goals in in knockout games for for Forge, which is just absurd. Because I think there's, you know, there's players who who don't who don't even have that many goals in across a hundred plus games of regular season, like attacking players. So, uh, it, just with Schwanier, at least, it seems to be this calmness. I think this coolness of not to get in, you know, overrun by the occasion, and I think. That's one key thing when it comes to big games. At the end of the day, it's 90 minutes. It's the same old game. Yes, there's a lot more on the line. Uh, you're going to get chances. There, the, and when it comes to those chances, the difference is you have to be cool. You have to be calm. And you just have to to know how to execute and, and, and go and execute. And what I love about Schwanier is that when he gets the ball in these big games, for him, it's the same mentality as if it's game one or if it's game 90. There's no you know, choking up on a shot or maybe second doubting himself or half swinging the boots. He's not like fully sure it's going to go in. He just hits it. He knows that he has that shot in his locker. And I think that's kind of what distinguishes him is that no matter the the game, he keeps that high level. And it's just that calmness, that coolness of, okay, this is this may be a big game, but you know, in this head, he almost sees like, I'm David Schwanier, I'm just going to do my thing. And then uh, the results will, will pan out. And it's it's easier said than done. I think that's, you know, I say that, I make it maybe sound very easy, but you see players, like some players look nervous in those moments. Some players almost don't want that shot. You'll see so one thing I see a lot in big games is players will pass in that position. They almost don't want to take on a moment like that and and and, and be the hero. But David Schwanier wants to be the hero, and I think that's a good thing. You want guys like that who, in those big moments, want to step up, and and, and that's the clutchness that that makes him so great in these games. Yeah, you certainly do. And I talked to David Schwanier a bit uh, about this after the match. He didn't give a a full answer, maybe, but uh, he did speak to how much these crowds uh, really elevate his game. I think it's. I feel the more stress there is, the calmer I am. I, I don't know. I I don't have an answer to that question. I just love. Uh, I love a full stadium. It was a beautiful night. I don't know how many people there was in the crowd, but if we can play every game like that in a couple of years, it's gonna be amazing for soccer in Canada. I think that's what we we should look for. And those are the best game. I mean, the crowd having Forge on one side, R1 on the other side is just, it's just amazing for Canada and so, uh, for Canada, soccer Canada. Yeah, that really is a good point. Like it did. That was one of the best away um, attendances I think we've seen in the Canadian Premier League as well, and really made it special. Um, Christian and I were talking about this after the match. You know, just hearing that away roar is something that you have get used to in big European days where this the, there's almost like someone's raising one audio level and taking down another where the home crowd just gets deathly silent and you just hear one corner of the stadium going absolutely bonkers and um, that that really made this match special obviously we all said we kind of hoped we'd get to hear that you know the, the majority of that 15,000 uh, cheer but it was cool to to hear the the Forge fans and obviously you know, they got that cheering happening earlier from another incredible header from Alessandro Hijabrapur. Um, we talked about one here on David Chouanier. Hijabrapur, a special performance, certainly, um, from, from him again and, and on all aspects. Um, he was very, very close to getting our um, getting our man of the match um, from, from you know, the, the on the website. Um, he, he was super close. You can ask Alex how close he was before the last <laughs> second I decided Chouanier, and it was that close. But, um, yeah, just your thoughts on his performance and his development this season as well. Well, my vote was for uh, Hojabapur in terms of uh, player of the match, and I'll stick with that. And it's just, again, he was so composed. I think it with him, it's wild to think he's only 22 because 
he plays like a 28, 29 year old veteran. And I mean, he's always had that in him to be fair, since he burst on the scene with Pacific, he was playing as an 18 year old and he was playing so like someone way beyond his years and was able to break into a tough Pacific midfield over those, you know, three years that he was with the club, just based on how composed he was. And I think he really showed his best attributes in the final. I mean, you know, he's kind of turned into a really serviceable all around number eight. He's, gonna string around passes he completed a lot of his passes a lot of them progressive passes into dangerous areas it was key because Ottawa was so compact and he was doing a great job of shifting them around playing those balls he's he can get involved in the box but you know at, at Hardy never lost what made him so good at the beginning of his Pacific tenure which is his defensive game he just covers a lot of ground he's you know he's got kind of got these long legs that he seems to stick in the tackles uh, and, and that's the sort of all-around midfield of presence that you need in these sorts of games. So for Hajabapur, it was impressive to see how much he controlled the game, even beyond his goal. I think the goal obviously was, uh, you know, a cherry on top. But to see him play as well as he's done now in two finals at such a young age, uh, you have to be excited about, you know, what he can do in the future because he seems, again, he's one of those guys who seems to step up in uh, in big games. And I think uh, that's great to see Canadians continue to do that uh, in, in big stages such as this one. Yeah, I mean, we've seen for for so many years just, you know, maybe Canadians not stepping up in in big stages and some some tough uh, moments as well. So now that just the belief across the board from Canadian players and and teams um, is is special. And that's a good point uh, there from Alex. And let's hear from the man, Alexander Hajabrapur, on his thoughts after the match and maybe a bit of uh, redemption for Forge, at least. Two CPL finals, two Alessandro Hajabrapur set piece goals. Ali, how does it feel to be a champion again? Feels great. Feels great. Can't say much more than that. I, I owed Forge one. I'll say that. <laughs> you certainly did. Just what was this whole experience like this final pack stadium? You have lots of your Hamilton fans here in attendance. What was this experience like today? It was crazy, man. When you walked out of the, out of the tunnel and you just saw all these fans out there, it was amazing. Both sides full. Ottawa really knows how to bring fans to the stadium. It was a great experience. You scored the goal, but obviously it was a pretty big defensive effort from you guys as well today. Just tell me about how difficult it was, how hard you guys had to work to win this. Yeah, I mean, finals are small details, and you know at times you're not going to have the ball. So you just got to dig deep, you got to defend a little, and they didn't score on us, so we did a good job, I guess. Ali, thanks so much. Congratulations. <laughs> great stuff as always, Charlie. Those were, um, those were some great interviews, and... Um, Nice, nice sound on the dap there. That was a uh, that was a crisp one. We crisp. we appreciate that as well. So so good job <laughs> on that. Stays, if it stays in the clip, that means it wasn't super awkward. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't get cut out, um, let's uh, let's hear from from Carlos Gonzalez now after the match. Um, he had you know some some thoughts on what went wrong for his team, and uh, I think as always uh, a good assessment uh, by the Athletic Ottawa coach uh, today. Uh, we conceded too many set pieces in the first half. This was one thing that we we knew that couldn't happen because we were going to give them the chances to to score in that way, and we conceded too much. And then once you receive one goal against Forge, uh, they start to play the game that they want because we start to concede more spaces. And, and we knew that taking risks in some moments. Uh, this type of chances of like the chance of the second goal could, could appear. So you know, I, I'm very proud of the of the game of the team. I think that we faced uh, the big forge and uh, and we've done a, a great game today. But it's true that we have to think in in two weeks maybe have, have uh, 
a break now and think about the things can that we can improve. <laughs> Someone in the chat asking if this means that uh, Hijab reports on his way to uh, to Ottawa now. Um, <laughs> very. Uh... I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. <laughs> but uh, that would be that'd be quite funny. Um, let's let's finish up the show here. Um, we we actually had the pleasure of meeting um, Archer, who's a big fan of the show um, in uh, in Ottawa this weekend. And um, yeah, he's been an incredible supporter of the show all all season, as many of you have. But uh, he mentioned he had a question, and he, he wasn't even able to make it for the show tonight, so he prepared a question in advance. So I feel like we have to do him a favor and, and answer this question. Yeah. Um, because it's so incredible, but, uh, he's asking us with such an incredible season now behind us, um, what do we see going forward in 2023 and, um, a bold prediction, um, for this off season, we'll start with AGR, um, any bold predictions for, for this off season? Wow. Um, that's going to be a, a tough one. I mean, oh, man, it's for the you want a bold prediction? Too, yeah. We'll, we'll throw a bold prediction. How about this? An award winner from Friday night is going to move clubs within the CPL. I think it's going to be someone's going to throw, you know, they're going to throw a great proposition just the same way Hojabupur last year was a young player of the year. He moved clubs and uh, ended up winning the title. I think we're going to see a, a similar movement as uh, as teams. You know, now the mountain's been set. People know what they're they're looking for. Uh, they, they're going to want to start crafting their offseason plans. And then for one team, it's going to include uh, going after one of the award winners. No idea who, but that's my bold prediction. Wow, mm. that is that is pretty bold. Huh? Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. We'll, we'll Benny will clip that. And uh, if, if that's right, then we'll uh, certainly play this uh, later on. Charlie, um, do you have anything uh, on that level? Oh, I have nothing, nothing nearly that interesting or specific um by the way shout out to arthur also shout out to anybody else in the chat that we met over the weekend uh bryce is asking if we like scrabble that trivia game he had uh on saturday night was a lot of fun um so uh for a, a bold prediction i'm doing what adam did where he just kind of talked while he thought of what his answer was going to be um uh, if it was a bold prediction like for next season i'd say like I could. I, I think that if there's a team that missed the playoffs, I could make it in. It's probably York United for me. But that's not what the question was. So the team who I'm most interested in seeing this offseason is Halifax. Obviously, they have you know a lot. I think a lot to go through in, in sort of rebuilding that squad and maybe making some changes to freshen things up. They, they need a, a coach coming in. Obviously, we don't know who that is yet, so that'll be interesting. But I think maybe if I want to make not a prediction, but a you know, a, a, an idea I think that we're going to be quite impressed by by the fairly new look squad Halifax is about to assemble here. That wasn't a very good bold prediction. But <laughs> Not bad. I mean, again, again, I'm I'm quite enjoying watching people uh, <laughs> squirm a little bit at the questions. I'm watching me struggle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that always tells me either I'm doing a good or a bad job as host. I'm not really sure yet, but I uh, I certainly enjoy it nonetheless. Um, my my bold prediction, I think I'll, I'll take this off of, of something that Adam um, kind of said. I think Athletic Ottawa are going to bring in a star attacker. I, th I think that that is maybe what could take them to the next level because this will be such an interesting offseason from them in the sense that, you know, they have to evolve. Everyone knows how they're going to play now. Um, and you know, they're going to 
tailor their game plan as similar as they can to what Ford did in the final to, to them. Um, and, you know, we started to see maybe it uh, show some cracks toward the end of the season in terms of um, sides being able to, to break them down. So I, I do think that uh, that is maybe the next, uh, the next big move for, for Atletico Ottawa. And I could very much see it happening because, you know, it's very clear that the, uh, Atletico group is is interested in in making this side a success, and we certainly saw that in multiple different ways on and off the field this season um, and uh, during the final weekend. So there's my there's my bold prediction. Um, let's end on that though, guys. Um, you know, another huge thank you to Adam Jenkins um, from One Soccer for joining us and all his incredible work in the commentary box this season. Thank you. All for listening, watching, and interacting throughout the season. Um, your great questions and comments, um, you know, and all the ways you support the show. It was really cool to meet a lot of you in person um, at the match and the many incredible events this weekend. And we really do uh, appreciate that. And um, yeah, it made us made us all feel uh, good about the work we've been able to do this season and about where the the league is heading. Uh, that so many of you are take so much interest in in the show and in in all the work we do. So um, that's been awesome. And uh, on behalf of our whole team, our incredible leader, Christian Jack, Alex Gongay-Ruzic, uh, producer extraordinaire, Benedict Rhodes, our video squad, Kenny Edwards, Adam Del Bianco, um, and super sub Rob Marchese. I think we got to shout him out as well. Um, we did some incredible work during the finals and all season as well. It's been another special year in the Canadian Premier League and we'll have plenty of other announcements, of course, and bold off-season moments uh, coming up very soon. But uh, we've also got a World Cup on the horizon. Uh, but for now... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Crazy. We got to get working on that as well. Um, This has been uh, Charlie O'Connor Clark, Alex Gonge-Ruzik and Mitchell Tierney. Thanks as always for watching or listening.